Hi everyone! With Thanksgiving coming up, it's the perfect time to tell you, our listeners, just how grateful we are for your support. Because without it, we wouldn't be able to do what we love to do. I'd also like to take this opportunity to let you know we'll be taking a break next week for the Thanksgiving holiday. But don't worry, we still have something very special lined up for you. In the meantime, from all of us here at Parcast, thank you again for listening and have a happy Thanksgiving. A warning: This episode features dramatizations of animal cruelty and graphic violence. Listener discretion is advised, especially for listeners under 13. Also, something to note: the story you're about to hear is not a direct retelling of any single myth about Fenrir. This episode is based on research of Norse culture and combines variations on the mythological story of Ragnarok for dramatic effect. Welcome. I'm Vanessa Richardson, and this is Mythical Monsters, a Spotify original from Parcast. Each week, we dive into one of mythology's most terrifying beasts to discover where they came from and why they continue to instill us with such fear and awe to this day. Today, we'll tell the story of the ferocious wolf god and son of Loki, Fenrir, a creature whose rapid growth and alarming strength wasn't celebrated among the gods of Asgard, but the ultimate threat to all who ruled there. You can find more free episodes of Mythical Monsters and other originals from Parcast on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Coming up, we'll dive into the origins of the most dreaded canine in Norse lore. Welcome back to Collector's Closet, presented by the Ohio Lottery. Let's discuss my newest prize possession: this new $10 scratch-off, the $500,000 Platinum Jackpot. The best method I've found so far to help it hold its value is to vacuum seal it. This thing cannot get scratched. What's that? Sorry, my producer's telling me the only way it could be worth up to five hundred grand is if I do scratch it. Okay, well, in that case, definitely don't overprotect your five hundred thousand dollar platinum jackpot scratch-offs. Play 'em. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get thirty, thirty. Ready to get thirty. Ready to get twenty, twenty, twenty. Ready to get twenty, twenty. Ready to get fifteen, 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 fifteen. Just fifteen bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/slash switch. Forty-five dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's a new class of blockbuster drugs. Drugs like Ozempic. They're changing bodies, and all of a sudden, just the weight. Starts falling off. Fortunes. It just got too expensive. They're just bank breakers. And industries. There was a lot of excitement. There was a lot of skepticism. The impact of these drugs, from business to health, is just beginning. From the journal Trillion Dollar Shot. Find it in the journal feed wherever you get your podcasts. A sword age, shields shall be cloven. A wind age, a wolf age, ere the world totters. 
These haunting words were recorded by the Icelandic poet Snorri Sturluson in his Prose Edda. They describe an ancient sequence of events that begins the world's demise and ends with the wolf. The Norse god Fenrir is a colossal wolf, born from the god of chaos, Loki, and the giantess Angraboda. Angraboda is also known as the mother of monsters because of her depraved brood. She gave birth to the serpent Jormungand and the goddess of the underworld herself, Hel. But arguably, her most fearsome offspring is Fenrir, the wolf god. Some experts have argued that the first reference to Fenrir is on a Swedish runestone inscribed around 800 CE. His story was expanded in the Old Norse collection of poems, referred to as the Poetic Edda. Composed by an unknown author in the 13th century, the Edda is part of the medieval manuscript of mythical poetry called the Codex Regius. It's considered a key to the Norse pagan world. The Prose Edda, also called Snorri's Edda, is another famed document that draws from the Poetic Edda, but is written in prose. It was assembled shortly after its poetic predecessor by the Icelandic Snorri Sturluson. In Norse mythology, the cosmos are comprised of nine worlds that surround the Tree of Life, Yggdrasil. The Aesir gods reside in one of these worlds, called Asgard. Asgard floats in the sky, connected to the human realm, Midgard, by a burning bridge called Bifrost. When the beast Fenrir was born, the gods reared him in Asgard to ensure he didn't run unchecked through the nine worlds. But when they saw how fast he grew, they became nervous. And then the whispers came. Rumors flew around Asgard of a damning prophecy that Fenrir would bring doom to them all. Rattling metal echoed through the Great Hall of Valhalla. A cluster of gods flanked Odin, the Allfather, who sat on his throne. His eyes were fixed ahead of him. In the center of the chamber, a gargantuan wolf fought against thick chains wrapped around his torso and legs. He was so tall, his head swiped the ceiling of the impressive hall. His gray fur was dusty and tangled. Long, sharp incisors protruded from his lips. Odin suppressed a shudder as the beast opened his red eyes to stare into Odin's. Mere months ago, Fenrir had been a pup, but now he looked as if he could rip off Odin's face with a flick of one of his massive paws. It wasn't only the beast's size that disturbed Odin. Fenrir was part of a prophecy of doom, woven by the sisters of fate, the Norns. If the Norns were right, Odin himself would meet his end in Fenrir's jaws. Odin stared at Fenrir's sharp teeth, watching hot drool drip from the beast's snarling mouth. He tried not to imagine them tearing into his flesh. Fenrir slowly raised a leg, his muscles bulging with effort. But it was yanked back down, held in place by the chains. 
Hope swelled in Odin's chest. The binds were holding. But his hope faltered with the snap of the first metal link. Fenrir kicked his hind leg out, shattering the shackles that bound it. With a roar, he thrashed against his remaining chains, slamming down the collar around his neck. Soon, he stood amid a pile of twisted metal, panting. Odin went numb. He could feel shock emanating from the gods around him. Fenrir turned to Odin, waiting. The silence was deafening. Then the god of war, Tyr, began to clap. The other gods hesitantly joined in. Fenrir smugly strutted around, bathing in the praise. He kicked the ruined chains against the wall with a satisfied growl, but his eyes were still fixed on Odin. It was his praise that the beast wanted. Odin looked back at Fenrir, standing in all his terrible glory. He did not know how many more times they could chain the beast under the guise of testing his strength. But he was thankful that Fenrir hadn't yet caught on to their ploy. Odin slowly stood. Hoping his voice would not shake, he announced, once again, Fenrir proves no chain can bind him. Your presence honors Valhalla. Fenrir shook the hall with a victorious howl. He turned to Odin eagerly. Do you have a piece of wisdom for me today, Allfather? Odin hesitated. When Fenrir first arrived in Asgard, Odin had gently imparted phrases of knowledge to the young pup. Back then, he still had hope for Fenrir's soul, but the vicious beast that stood before him was not the inquisitive child who had arrived months ago, and yet Fenrir remained keen on continuing the tradition. Odin's gaze drifted to the shattered chains. He softly said, If aware that another is wicked, say so. Make no truce or treaty with foes. Fenrir snarled in proud satisfaction, but Odin could only stare behind his hulking form. There, the metallic fragments glistened in the candlelight, taunting him. Odin took a deep breath. He was no mortal, resigned to accept the fates. He was king of the Aesir, and he would find a way to restrain Fenrir. He just needed to find something stronger. Later that evening, Odin sat in the large banquet hall with his council. His hand gently caressed the soft, white fur of his wolf, Gary, as she waited for scraps beneath the table. Odin tossed her a bit of fowl from his plate. Another set of wolfish eyes appeared beside her. His second wolf, Freki, smelled the meat. A throat cleared nearby. Odin looked up to meet Tyr's gaze. The god of war sat across from him with five other gods. Their food was untouched. 
Tyr leaned forward insistently. Is it really necessary that we chain him? Fenrir's size is frightening, but he has yet to prove he means us harm. Odin eyed Tyr with annoyance. His god of war was too honorable for his own good. Odin muttered, where wolf's ears are, wolf's teeth are near. He felt a hot tongue lick the meat juices from his hand. Frustrated, Odin kicked Freki hard in the belly. The wolf yelped and slunk into the darkness under the table. Gary followed. Odin wished all the wolves in his life could be handled so easily. His son Vidar spoke up. I still do not understand why we don't just kill him. It's the only way to ensure the prophecy doesn't come to pass. Vidar had long made his intentions clear, and Odin did not blame him. None of the gods were eager to see if the Norns' prophecy would come true, but he did not like to be questioned. Odin slammed his fists on the table, startling his entire council. He took a calming breath before he spoke. We do not kill one another in Asgard. Fenrir is Loki's son. He may have forsaken us, but our blood runs through his veins. Tyr patiently responded, if it's imprisonment that we want, we need something stronger than Aesir metal to contain him. Odin stared at Tyr, silently cursing himself for not thinking of it sooner. Aesir metal was not strong enough, but dwarven metal might be. Deep below the earth in Svaltarvime, the realm of the dwarves, work was underway. The air was thick with smoke and rang with the sounds of hammers striking metal. A long, thin chain, the width of a man's forearm, stretched from one side of the cavernous hall to the other, parts of it still glowing with molten heat. When the hot flares faded, hundreds of dwarves marched forward to lift the chain and carry it toward a long stairwell at the end of the hall. The dwarves strode single file up the winding stairs and through the gate to Asgard. Their movements were unencumbered, as if they were not carrying anything at all. The dwarf leader Dvalin bowed before Odin. Behind him, the parade of dwarves streamed inside, one by one, they gently dropped their part of the chain in a coil on the floor. The assembly line was endless. The coil grew until it was piled higher than Odin was tall. Finally, a dwarf dropped the last link at the Allfather's feet. Dvalin boasted, light, soft to the touch, and entirely unbreakable. This chain is made from the sound of a cat's footsteps, the spit of a bird, a fish's breath. You see, to struggle against things that do not exist is futile. Dvalin grinned proudly. We call it Glatenish. Odin picked up a link, marveling at the creation. Indeed, it was as light as a feather and just as soft. Glatenish would hold, 
It had to. Coming up, Fenrir's last test of strength takes a disastrous turn. Listeners, here's a new show I can't wait for you to check out. When it comes to love, every story is unique. Some play out like fairy tales, seemingly meant to be. Others defy the odds to achieve happily ever after. In Our Love Story, the newest Spotify original from Parcast, you'll discover the many pathways to love, as told by the actual couples who found them. Every Tuesday, Our Love Story celebrates the ups, downs, and pivotal moments that turn complete strangers into perfect pairs. Each episode offers an intimate glimpse inside a real-life romance, with couples recounting the highlights and hardships that define their love. Whether it's a chance encounter, a former friendship, or even a former enemy, our love story proves that love can begin and blossom in the most unexpected ways. Follow Our Love Story free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Now back to the story. Odin and the gods of Asgard were growing desperate. The giant wolf Fenrir was prophesied to destroy them all, and they had yet to find a way to restrain him. After Fenrir ripped through the gods' strongest bindings, Odin called on the dwarves to fashion a chain that could not be broken. It's no coincidence that such a powerful figure in Norse mythology takes the form of a wolf. Archaeological evidence suggests the wolf's legendary ferocity made it a valuable protector for the dead. Burial sites from 5000 BCE found in Denmark and Sweden frequently contained both human and canine remains. Uppsala University professor of archaeology Anne-Sophie Grassland believes dogs were a common sacrifice, citing the popular theory that the dog was actually an acceptable substitute for the wolf. Ancient Scandinavians considered them an important ally when crossing from the world of the living to the dead. And in the graves of the wealthy, it's not uncommon to uncover the remains of multiple canines at a single burial site. But though wolves and dogs alike play a critical role in burial traditions, wolves especially often represented war. Odin's two pet wolves, Freki and Gary, were known to feed on fallen soldiers while his shaman warriors, the berserkers, donned wolf pelts for battle. Professor Grassland notes, Obviously, dog and wolf were symbols for the groups of warriors, consisting of young, unmarried men from special families in the Germanic society and connected to Odin, the god of death and war. 
While the wolf is symbolic of the power and bravery men hope to embody in battle, it's also emblematic of destruction. Much like war, wolves invite danger and death. Fenrir sat up. As soon as he'd heard the sound of footsteps approaching his quarters, a familiar, dull ache throbbed in his belly. He would never admit it, but Odin's tests made him nervous. He did not want to embarrass himself before the gods. He longed for the days when Odin would visit him at night, teaching him bits of wisdom as if telling a bedtime story, just the two of them. Fenrir whispered his favorite proverb, the unwise man is awake all night and ponders everything over. When morning comes, he is weary in mind, and all is a burden as ever. Odin had told him it meant that sometimes worry was more tiring than what caused it. The saying calmed him. The door swung open, smacking the wall behind it. Tyr strode in first, his robes billowing. Twelve figures followed, but Odin was not among them. Fenrir snorted with jealousy. He supposed the Allfather had his submissive hounds to keep him company. Fenrir growled and was pleased to see the other gods move back. Perhaps they'd warn Odin to show Fenrir a little more attention. Tyr stepped forward. We have a new challenge for you. It seems the dwarves have forged a new chain they claim is the strongest ever made, but we'll need your power to prove it. Fenrir sniffed. The air was thick with a musty scent. He looked at the waiting gods and realized it was coming from them. It was fear. His lips instinctively curled into a snarl, exposing his sharp teeth. Something peculiar was going on. Fenrir shook his head vigorously. He told Tyr he was not in the mood. Tyr nodded calmly and said, Odin will be disappointed. Fenrir sat back on his haunches. The only reason he did these tests was for Odin to prove to the king he deserved to be at his side, that he was worth ten of those doltish wolves that groveled at his heels. Fenrir imagined prowling through Asgard with Odin, no longer a pup, but a towering protector. The Aesir would look to him with fear and admiration. Fenrir growled again. Will Odin be there to watch me? Fenrir followed Tyr and the gods to a nearby mountainside. There, Odin stood with Vidar beside an imposing boulder. A long chain was attached to the rock, and Fenrir was surprised to see it looked quite thin. He snorted. Maybe it wasn't such a challenge after all. He called out to Odin jovially, Are you ready for more entertainment? Where is your mead? Odin grinned at Fenrir, telling him they'd all retire to Valhalla for a drink after. 
Fenrir swept his gaze longingly across Asgard, landing on the stronghold of Valhalla. The fortress's high roofs and majestic gardens beckoned. He had never been invited to the table before. Fenrir looked back at Odin and noticed the God King's eyes flicker to the chain. There was something peculiar in his expression. Fenrir realized that the King of the Gods was nervous. Fenrir felt a familiar twinge of alarm. Something was off. When Tyr picked up the chain, the wolf noticed he barely exerted any effort. It looked as though the metal of the chain was light. Surely they did not think something so fragile could hold him. His head pounded, his instincts screamed in warning. Odin gently asked Fenrir what was wrong. The nerves Fenrir had seen on the god's face had disappeared. Fenrir frowned. It must have been his imagination. Odin feared nothing. But it didn't hurt to tread carefully. Odin had taught him that. He loudly demanded, We all know this fragile chain will break quickly. Shall we make this test more exciting? One of you should place your arm between my jaws while I break it. A test of your strength as well as mine. The gods murmured amongst themselves. Vidar remained stoic, but his twitching eye gave away his unease. Fenrir chuckled softly. He'd love a chance to taste the flesh of the cocky prince. But it was Tyr that Odin turned to. At his king's silent request, Tyr nodded tightly. Sweat beaded on his brow. Fenrir grinned. Even Odin's god of war feared him. Tyr stepped forward and lifted his arm. It quivered ever so slightly. Fenrir closed his jaws around the arm, careful not to bite down just yet. The other gods hurried to bind Fenrir's feet. The last shackle clicked shut. Fenrir looked at Tyr and noticed his eyes were shining with tears. But there was no fear on Tyr's face, only certainty. Fenrir felt a stab of panic. This man believed he would lose his arm. Fenrir kicked out his leg, rattling the chain. He pulled hard. The chain went taut, but remained intact. It was not possible. Fenrir threw his whole weight forward. Tyr gasped as one of Fenrir's teeth pierced his skin. Fenrir's shame grew as he struggled. He had failed. His eyes darted to Odin, bracing himself for the gods' disappointment. But the king of the gods did not seem let down. He looked relieved. The more Fenrir battled the chains, the more Odin smiled. Fenrir's heart sank. The Allfather did not want Fenrir to prove his strength. He wanted him trapped. He had been tricked. Fenrir shook violently. His grief was excruciating. Odin's smug stare only made him tremble more. How could he? No. How dare he? 
Fenrir bit down with all his might. Tear screamed. The sweet, iron taste of blood exploded in Fenrir's mouth. Splintered bones jabbed his tongue. Fenrir jerked his head violently, ripping Tyr's arm off at the elbow. With a piercing scream, the god of war fell to the ground. His ashen face stared in horror at the mangled stump. Fenrir lunged at him, but the chains held him in place. Fenrir struggled, letting out a thunderous howl of frustration. But before he could close his snout, a sharp prick pierced the roof of his mouth. Vidar had thrust a sword between Fenrir's jaws, holding them open. Waves of pain rushed through him. Drool streamed from his mouth, collecting in a pool at his feet. Odin's voice carried over Fenrir's wails. If aware that another is wicked, say so. Make no truce or treaty with foes. And I am sorry, Fenrir, but you are wicked. Fenrir moaned in agony. The pain of the sword was excruciating, but it was nothing compared to Odin's words. It felt as though his heart had been torn from his chest and shredded. Fenrir looked at Valhalla, tall and unattainable in the distance. He would never go inside. Instead, he was trapped in its shadow, doomed to be taunted for eternity. But when he turned back to the smug Odin, his anguish faded. A new feeling took its place. Rage, like the embers of a fire, pulsing before they ignited the kindling. Fenrir growled, low and lethal. He would break free, and when he did, he would destroy everything in his path. Coming up, Fenrir takes his revenge. Now, back to the story. Fenrir had fallen for the gods' tricks. They had convinced him to don a series of chains as a test of his strength, but really they were exploring ways to contain him. Finally, with the help of dwarf-forged metal, they succeeded. Fenrir was trapped. In the Norse epic, The Kravenkul Saga, the unknown author wrote, nothing good can happen to people who break their vows. This ironclad view of oaths was a key part of Viking religion. Marist College Religious Studies professor Ross Enox explains that a promise's binding symbolism was prevalent in Viking religion because the Vikings keenly felt bound by oaths, obligations, and fate, a sense of duty that is often found both in Viking mythology and art. Fate, however, was particularly important to the Vikings. Unlike some ancient cultures, they viewed their eventual death as inescapable, and this is what experts believe led them to be such ferocious warriors. Another proverb from the Volsunga Saga supports this idea. It reads, Fear not death, 
for the hour of your doom is set and none can escape it. The story of Fenrir, however, speaks to the gods' unwillingness to let fate guide them. In rejecting destiny, they also break their promise to Fenrir by taking him in only to make him a prisoner. In the age of Viking ideology, this was the ultimate betrayal. By attempting to reject the fates, they court their own doom. Snow streamed down from the night sky over Asgard. A rooster's crow cut through the silence, its call echoing across the bleak winter landscape. Fenrir lifted his head up. His jaws were still pried apart by Vidar's sword, and icicles hung from his teeth. But at the rooster's call, he let out a bone-rattling howl. His hot breath fogged the cold air. This winter had lasted for a year, and now a rooster called out? It was one peculiar thing after another. If the rooster was Gulenkambi, one of the watchers of the realm, his call could mean Asgard was in danger. Fenrir pulled at his chains, his heart sinking at the all-too-familiar clink of the taut metal. Maybe his unbidden hope was just another torture conjured by Odin to cause him more misery. His eyes slowly turned, as they always did, to the great stronghold of Valhalla looming before him. Fenrir had lain beside this boulder for centuries, watching the Aesir's parades and listening to their feasts from afar. His pulse raced with anger. The gods reveled in their castle while he slowly starved outside. They sunk their teeth into meat and drank wine, but they hadn't once brought their prisoner food. The only thing that had dulled his hunger was the occasional animal that had been unfortunate enough to wander into his path. Fenrir thought of Odin's proverb, the unwise man is awake all night and ponders everything over. But he was no man, and centuries of pondering the taste of Odin's flesh was all that kept him from going mad. A trumpet bellowed through Asgard, and Fenrir's ears perked up. A shudder of excitement ran through him. The note called to him somehow. But just as he got to his feet, the earth suddenly lurched beneath him. Fenrir stumbled. The boulder he was chained to shook violently. Then it shot from its hold in the mountainside with a deafening boom. The world spun as the boulder pulled Fenrir down the mountainside. He bounced off rocks and smashed through frozen shrubs. The snow kicked up, spitting cold gusts in his face. He landed against a stone slab, and the sword shot out of his mouth with a sharp sting. Just yards away, the boulder shattered against a rocky outcrop. When the shaking stopped, Fenrir staggered to his feet. The boulder lay in shards around him, and his chains lay slack beside it. He stared at the debris in shock. He was free. 
Fenrir roared with relief, shaking the useless links from his legs. He flopped to the ground, rolling in the snow, and stretched his limbs, unencumbered for the first time in centuries. Then, once his joy subsided, he slowly rose to his feet and looked to Valhalla. Fenrir stared at the stronghold's turrets, then at the bridge that stretched over a violent ocean, leading to the realm of man. Ghostly ships approached, bobbing recklessly in the waves. Fenrir did not know what they were, nor did he care, for his mind was suddenly awash in memory. Odin's gentle whispers of wisdom purred at his ears, the Allfather's smug smile blinded him, and the taste of Tyr's metallic blood filled his mouth. Fenrir's vision suddenly clouded with a red haze. His ragged breath shot out of his nostrils. He could not think. He could only run. With a howl, he sprinted into the valley, only to find he was not alone. A lurching parade of reanimated corpses marched toward the stronghold. Giants and vicious beasts stomped among them. It was an attack on Asgard, on the Aesir. Fenrir's racing heart pumped blood through his veins. He watched the ground recede beneath him. He was growing, stretching up into the sky. He staggered, confused by his new mass, until he noticed that he was eye-level with the sun. It burned brightly, warming his face with its heat. Instinctively, he lunged forward, his jaws closed around it, and the world was plunged into darkness. The hot rays burned Fenrir's throat as the fireball traveled down his gullet and into his belly. Flames exploded from his nostrils, and he let out an invigorated roar. Not even the sun could hurt him. No, it fed him, and he had not eaten in a long, long time. Fenrir ran, fueled by hunger and rage. The top of his mouth scraped the sky, while his jaw raked the earth. His massive paws thundered across the nine worlds, devouring whatever was in his path. Soon, there was nothing left to consume but Asgard itself. Fenrir loomed over the battlefield, panting heavily, his flaming eyes watching monsters battle gods. He did not belong on either side. He was no Aesir, but neither was he a simple-minded beast that could be contained. He was Fenrir, and he had the power of the sun within him. Fenrir scanned the battlefield, basking in his newfound strength. Then, finally, he saw him, Odin. His wolves were at his feet, fighting alongside their master. Fenrir had been like them once, 
easily swayed by the power that Odin held over him. Sensing his presence, Odin looked up as his eyes traveled up the great wolf's towering body, Odin's face paled, and his deep voice could not disguise its quiver. He called out, The great Fenrir, you broke chains that could not be broken. Son, don't you see? This was your final lesson. Wisdom is welcome wherever it comes from. Fenrir did not let Odin finish his proverb. The god's voice elicited a surge of hatred through him, and he lunged. His bared teeth closed around the king of gods in one smooth motion. Fenrir's eyes rolled back into his head as the satisfying splinter of Odin's immortal bones cracked between his jaws. The All-Father tasted bitter on his tongue as he bit down again, chewed, and swallowed. But he did not get a moment to revel in his victory. A cry of anguish filled the air. Fenrir turned to see Vidar flying toward him. His sword glinted in the fiery light of Fenrir's eyes as it swung and cut Fenrir's jaw clean off. His blood poured to the ground like a waterfall. He frantically potted his face, trying to clamp his jaws shut, but he couldn't. The bottom of his mouth was completely gone. He tried to howl, but his open throat just sputtered futilely. Blood bubbled up like sticky nectar, stifling his gasps. Air rushed past him, and he vaguely understood he was falling. His head slammed into the field below. Fenrir whined weakly, coughing as blood clogged his throat. The flaming skyline of Asgard's stronghold loomed in the distance. Fenrir watched its smoking turrets until his world went black. It was the last thing he ever saw. The Vikings believed Ragnarok, the final battle of Asgard, would be the end of the world. One of the earliest possible written warnings of this event was inscribed on a Swedish runestone in the 9th century CE by an ancient chieftain named Varin. Some researchers have speculated that the runestone was written as a warning to the gods of Asgard, and Uppsala University archaeologist Bo Grassland at one point questioned whether the rune was meant to be read by humans. He reportedly said, it was only meant for the gods. However, following the most recent analysis of the runestone, experts, including Grassland, believe the inscription may also allude to historical fears about climate change. There are few people who still practice classical Norse beliefs, but those who do believe Ragnarok is still to come. In fact, experts from the Jorvik Viking Center actually predicted Ragnarok would occur on February 22nd of 2014. They turned out to be wrong. One variation of the legend of Ragnarok describes a man and woman emerging from the forest to start the human race anew. 
This might suggest Ragnarok's true meaning is about the death of Norse mythology and the rise of Christianity. As independent pre-Christian scholar Daniel McCoy writes, the old gods were indeed dying, but were also being replaced with something else. A huge wolf that can swallow the world is what nightmares are made of. Entertainment successes like the Marvel Cinematic Universe have used the god wolf's outrageous power for thrilling action. But it's Fenrir's reputation as a harbinger of doom that solidifies his place in the realm of monsters. He's a symbol of chaos and unimaginable destruction. The gods were terrified when confronted with their own mortality. Their unwillingness to accept what was preordained is what sealed their fate. Had they not betrayed Fenrir, they may not have created the unstoppable monster he became. Fenrir's story reminds us that even the most powerful are not exempt from fate. Thanks for listening to Mythical Monsters. We'll be back next week with a new episode. You can find all episodes of Mythical Monsters and all other originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Parcast and Twitter at Parcast Network. I'll see you next time. Mythical Monsters was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Brian Golub, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Isabella Way. This episode of Mythical Monsters was written by Kate Murdoch, with writing assistance from Alexandra Garland. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Don't forget to check out Our Love Story, the newest Spotify original from Parcast. Every Tuesday, discover the many pathways to love, as told by the actual couples who found them. Listen to Our Love Story free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.